organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbano, and welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach team. We are so glad you joined us today. Welcome to episode 1201 of The Right Hour. Have your past and current occupations helped you with your writing? In Season 12 of The Right Hour, it's all about the right coach success stories. Each week, one of my clients will share their writing journey with you. And this week is Doug Carter. He shares how God used his past experience as stepping stones to his future. Doug is a professor of ethics and Bible courses and a monthly guest on pjnet.tv. His articles about cultural issues from a biblical perspective have appeared on the Rush Limbaugh Show, WND, and Western Journalism. May Doug's journey to writing inspire and encourage you on your writing journey. Well, I am excited to start this series with my one of my clients and friends now because we've got to know each other so well. Doug Carter. Doug, it's great to have you today. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me on, Joyce. You're welcome. Well, tell us a little bit about you, your background, and kind of what led you to want to become a writer. Well, right now, uh, I'm a college professor. I teach Old Testament, New Testament, world religions, and ethics, so philosophy. Um, but the way I got here was pr- pretty interesting. Um, and just, I can summarize my entire life in one word. That's the Greek word for shepherd. So how does a shepherd become a college professor? Well, I grew up, uh, on a farm and, uh, spent my childhood summers working out, out in the fields and decided I did not want to do that, but I learned a lot. Um, well, when I got to college, I ended up working at a golf course um, during my summers and on the breaks at Christmas time. And and I really enjoyed it. And they talked me into going to changing my major from business to golf course management. So I went to NC state and got a degree in agronomy with turf grass management. So my degree basically teaches me how to grow field crops and turf grass. Mm -hmm. And I went um, to a pretty nice place called Pinehurst and did an internship uh, that led to another course down the road um, at Pine Needles Resort. We had the Women's U.S. Open in 1996. So I was able to gain some really good experience. Um, That led me to go to South Florida, um, and I worked on a couple of courses, rebuilt a few, and and basically learned everything there was to do about the golf course business. Uh, I became a golf course superintendent. And... Then I realized, well, that just took too much time. Working 70 hours a week was not really conducive to having a family. So I figured it was time to get out and do something else. Um, And that happened to be when 9-11 hit. And I quit about two weeks later, thinking that it would just be easy to find a job doing something. And I was dead wrong. And so I floundered around. I had to leave South Florida, come back uh, to where I grew up. And I had a lot of time because I couldn't find a job. So I started reading and I read a lot and I would write a lot. I just knew something inside of me said, 
you have a, t- a chance to absorb a lot of information, but that information isn't just for you. That's for everybody else. So, so I just started taking notes and read everything I could get my hands on. Um, I really like nonfiction mm-hmm. because I was concerned about wisdom. I'd felt like I'd lost so much time in my early years, um, just not pursuing wisdom, living for the moment, living for the next day or the next trip to the beach. And I wanted to make up for the rest of that time for the rest of my life. And, and so I just really jumped into the books and started writing. Well, I got to seminary um, in 2002. Uh, I was pursuing God and wanted to know as much about God as I could in this life. And so from 2002 to 2008, I was at seminary and every class required a 10 page paper. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah. And one of the early classes I took, um, the professor handed the papers back and said, look, if you've got a 93 or above, then you're a pretty good writer and you need to consider writing more and maybe writing professionally. And I had a 93. I thought it was a terrible paper, but I squeezed in and it it gave me some confidence because Mm -hmm. I already had the desire to write. And then, then he said that. So, um, I just continued to take a lot of notes while I was there. I didn't want to miss the opportunity that I was given. I wanted to learn as much as I could. So somewhere along the lines, I knew that there was a book in me. (laughs) Well, back up just a little bit. What, what inspired the, the change of course to seminary after golf courses to seminary is a big difference. That's a huge difference. So (laughs) I took some time off and um, I contacted a friend. Uh, that we worked together on the golf courses and I wanted to check on him. And, and as soon as I called him and he heard my voice, he said, look, I got something to tell you. I said, okay, tell me. He said, I got saved and, and I'm going to seminary now and you need to come up with me and, and come see me and go to a class with me. And I said, you know what? That's, I would love to do that. So, so we reconnected and uh, went with him to a class and I knew immediately that's where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I needed to study, but I just wanted to be there. Yeah, there um, was just that, that desire, that yearning for more. Absolutely. Awesome. So, well, so that led you to writing. And mm-hmm. I met you, I guess it's really the beginning of this year I met you, wasn't it? I was about to say yeah. last year, but I don't think it was still the beginning of this year that I actually met you. Um, what... Mm-hmm. then precipitated that idea like, you know, I really need to get to it at this point. What kind of like was the let's write now we're going to write now. Okay. So, so I've been writing a lot of things and I knew that I needed to get the information out there. I'd stumbled upon a lot of information that's really not being talked about, but it affects mm-hmm. how we live. Uh, you know, I'm an ethics professor, so I'm concerned about how we ought to live. Right. Um, and I, uh, I was sitting around just wondering what in the world am I writing all this stuff for? Nobody's ever going to read it. I'll never get an audience. And I remember uh, it was December of 2018 after Christmas, I was watching an old Christmas movie and it, I guess the storyline involved going to, to a writer's conference. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to go to a writer's conference. And I was just days away from starting the um, viticulture and enology school. I wanted to to have a vineyard um, just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, 
And I was about to start that school. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take that money and not go to viticulture and enology school. And I'm going to go to a writer's conference just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I've been working on this for too long. And when I got there, um, I met Bob Hostetler, Nancy Lohr, and I had dinner with them just hours after arriving. And, and when I sat down, they asked me what I wrote about. And I told them I'm, I'm concerned about political issues, uh, cultural issues. And they said, okay, have you read anybody that writes about that? And I, so I mentioned a couple of names. And they said, okay, you really need to read their primary books. Don't just be familiar with them. Read their books. And by the way, if I were to, and Bob said, by the way, if I were to walk along the aisle in a Barnes and Noble or Books a Million, what would make me pick up your book as opposed to one of their books? And I thought about those people. I said, there's, there's no way. I don't have, nobody knows who I am. And he said, well, you've got to fix that. Nobody's going to give you a contract if you can't fix that. Mm-hmm. And so that that really weighed on my mind. How am I going to overcome that? And and it wasn't until probably a few weeks ago that I figured the answer out. And and while I and here's the answer, I can't compete in that niche. There's right. no way. But I can create my own niche right. and I can present my message my unique way. And my unique way is grounded in in that word poem and the very essence of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull this back together. Um, the the upbringing on the farm, the the college education as far as being um, the agronomy mm-hmm. major, the golf course superintendent. Uh, while I was in graduate school, I worked uh, for a major chicken company, produce co- chicken production company, as a flock supervisor. And I remember wondering, God, why in the world am I working as a flock supervisor when everybody else in seminary is working in a church or something like that? So I don't, I don't even feel called to, to preach in a pulpit. And as soon as I got that out, it was shepherd. I'd already taken Greek, and it was that word shepherd. So mm-hmm. I looked it up and found it was poem. And, and here's the definition. It's somebody that um, can superintend the fields. And I said, oh, I can, I've been a golf course superintendent. Mm-hmm. Somebody that feeds and takes care of the flocks. And I yep. said, well, I'm, I'm doing that. Is somebody that is able to learn. And I said, I love school. I was in graduate school and couldn't get enough. I was double majoring. And somebody that's teachable. I mean, somebody that is um, able to teach Mm -hmm. was the last part of the definition. And I paused. I said, wait, God, you got me on all the other ones, but I can't teach. There's no way I can teach. And and I knew then soon, at some point in my life, I would be teaching. And seven months later, in the middle of December, a friend of mine called and said, look, I just resigned from my job teaching and you want my position. He was teaching agriculture at a high school. I said, you know what? No, but I guess I need to do it. And I I resigned and I I quit and and started teaching horticulture. So Mm -hmm. agriculture. And that gave me the foundation to, to begin teaching. And, and I knew that that was just temporary. God was preparing me for more. And um, a few years later, I started teaching college. So, oh, that's and I absolutely I love, love it. That's what I love about God's plans. I have a varied background, too, you know, from interior design, child care, and what else did I do? You know, office administration work. 
or, you know, so I had to be really organized with all of that. I, and I've always loved to teach and I've actually loved to teach since I was like in kindergarten, I'd come home and I would imitate my kindergarten teacher, Miss Earl. <laughs> <laughs> and so I love how God takes all of these weird things that we do. And each one is actually a building block to another for his ultimate plan. Because Absolutely. all those weird things that I've done that didn't seem like they would make sense and they don't connect. And some people, you know, have the philosophy, you should work at a job for 30 years and stay there. And that's it. And I'm like, I don't think that's the plan for me. God didn't design me that way. I mean, some people that's great. If that's what you feel called to do and you do great. I've had a very varied background just like you. And it's, it's amazing to see how all of it actually helps even now. Because the mm-hmm. funny thing, I, you know, I, I, I didn't think, I didn't realize this, but when I taught preschoolers, you have to be on your toes to keep it, preschoolers paying attention. For, well, I mean, I was there, you know, eight to 10 hours a day sometimes because if the afternoon people didn't show up, I would have to stay later until enough kids mm. were gone and somebody else could take them over. And you have to keep them entertained and keep moving. Well, you know what that prepared me for? professionally speaking and teaching uh, at, a, at an adult level, adults really aren't that much different than preschoolers. <laughs> you got to <laughs> keep things going, right? I mean, you teach college kids, you know, Yep. you got to you, you keep things going. You just can't, Hey, you know, um, we're going to do this for the next hour. And as their eyes glaze over and roll back in their head and, they want to fall asleep or some of them do fall asleep, you know? <laughs> so I love, I love that. How God took all those weird things and brought them together to where you are now. But I've talked to Doug. So I know Doug's got even more, God's got even more planned for you. You know, there's bigger places and bigger spaces that you're going to go, but tell me, I mean, you've said it, it touched on it a little bit, but how do you want um, your book to help people? Because and tell them a little bit about what your book's about so people know where you're coming from. Okay, so first of all, my purpose for writing is to help you become the best version of yourself possible in the amount of time you've got left to spend in this life. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think of this as wise living. I teach philosophy, so I'm concerned about philosophy, the love of wisdom. Right. And I believe the wise living is living according to the good. Mm-hmm. Um or living within the limits that God sets for us. So again, my purpose for for writing is to help you become the best version of yourself that you can be. Um, now I believe that if we step outside of the limits that God places for us, then we're going to lose some of our daily potential. Right. So um, I think back to my time on, as a flock supervisor, I knew that the flocks had a daily potential of growth. And if the, the super, if the shepherd did everything right, you can maximize the daily growth. And then over the period of the course of the flock, um, you could have, you know, the better, a better quality flock. But right. if you miss something day in and day out, you would lose some of that daily potential. Then you're not going to become the best version of, well, speaking in human terms, you wouldn't become the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. So my concern is becoming the best version of yourself that you can be in the time that you have left. Yeah. And Um, I love that. 
So what has this writing process taught you about yourself? Because I know anybody that writes and they write for any length of time, there's so much you actually learn about yourself and your own personality and even the, the growth that happens when you, when you write. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, one of the biggest lessons I learned from the writing process is my message is not my own. Mm-hmm. I'm just a steward of a message God has given me. Uh, I remember praying at one point in my life, um, and it was like I was praying to a brick wall. And I, I was so scared because it felt like nothing was going through. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I realized that because of the way I was living my life at the time, that God couldn't even look at me. So I promised right then and there, if he could do anything with my life, then I would go wherever he wanted me to go, do whatever he wanted me to do and say whatever he wanted me to say. Mm-hmm. Now, I was extremely introverted. So that was a huge promise to make. <laughs> but he's, he's held me to it. Right. Um, I would have never chosen to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but here I am. Um, so it taught me that I'm not in control. The God is sovereign. And if you just turn over your will to, to God's will, he will make you into something you could never comprehend or never imagine about yourself. Yeah. So well, I also I, learned. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I also learned that I can't do it all on my own strength. Um, Mm -hmm. For, I guess, a couple of decades, I tried to write on my own. And when I went to the writer's conference and they impressed upon me to lean on the professionals, I realized that was the only way I was going to get the message out. And so that's what led me to the right coach. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, well, what, what you were talking, what reminded me of was Moses standing at the burning bush going, God, I'm not a speaker. I stutter. I can't do this. You know, I, did you feel kind of like that? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I named my son Aaron because I need a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and for those that don't know, we've actually talked with Doug about professionally speaking, and he's not exactly thrilled about the idea. But <laughs> no. He's willing if that's where God takes him. Um, that's right. So that, and that's the whole point is you got to be willing to grow and, and tell me if you felt this way. Cause I know that I asked on my writing journey, I've had some similar things where God's asked me to do things and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> not so sure about that. <laughs> um, but when you take that stuff out of faith and it's just, it's to me, it's exhilarating. You know, when you finally get out, and you do the thing that God has asked you to do. And there's this, this peace and this fulfillment that you can't get anywhere else. It's, it's much more satisfying. Right. And that's what I'm talking about when I say that I really want to help people become the best version of themselves that they can be to find that fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's what I've been my thing too is, I feel like there's so many people missing out on a fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean things go perfect. <laughs> doesn't mean you're a rich success, <laughs> but it does mean that when you have this peace and this knowing, because I, I know for me, what has happened is there've been times where there's other directions I could go. And I think about it and pray about it a little bit. And I'm like, 
no, in, in my spirit, I knew, nope, that's not the direction. That's not where God wants me to go. And I got to mm-hmm. stay on the path. And even though it's not an easy path, it's the path he has me on. And I've got to stay obedient and he will provide what I need. And, and have, have you kind of had that experience as well? I love the path metaphor. Um, I went for a walk one day and I just kind of stopped and, and thought about the path off to the path, off to the side of the path that I was on. And, and it was almost like, okay, God was saying, see that path over there. What does it look like? And I said, well, it's the winding path and it's, I can't see around the corners. And he said, well, the path that you're on is like that path. You know, you, you're not going to be able to see around the corners. It's a narrow path. You're not on the broad, wide path. And that kind of stuck with me. Mm. Um, I don't really hear God speak audibly to me, but but that was an impression that was left upon me, mm-hmm. uh, and it stuck with me. And and I don't even try to see around the corners anymore. I know to expect the unexpected. Yeah. So. Well, and here's the thing. Sometimes if we could see around the corners, we probably wouldn't walk. <laughs> we, we might stop <laughs> where we're at. We're yeah, like, like that looks really hard. I don't think I'm going to go over there. <laughs> yeah, if I'd known I was ever going to teach, I probably would have never done that. I would have stopped way before I got to that point. Yeah. So, but I'm so thankful that I went ahead. Yes. Well, that is cool, and I love that that you are you know listening and following God and going on that path. So, what has helped you? write better as you've been learning more about writing because about how long, when did you go to the writer's conference? Was that 2018? That was Jan, uh, February of 2019. I went to my first one at the Asheville Christian writers conference. Okay. Um, and then I went to the North Carolina Christian writers conference uh, in August mm-hmm. that year. And this past February, I went back to the Asheville conference and a couple of weeks later, I went to, the North Carolina Christian writers conference again from serious writer. Mm-hmm. And that was the last one before COVID hit. Uh, so I've been to four and I wish that I could go to all of them, <laughs> um, but I've, I've yeah. made a lot of connections and I've taken a lot of notes. And, and if there's anybody out there that's debating on whether or not to go to a writer's conference, I really want to encourage you to do that. Um, it's a good way to get in front of an agent if you have a yes. proposal ready, or even if you just want to go through the process of speaking with someone, um, get some of the jitters out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great, and it's a great investment of your, into your writing career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll go to as many as I can from now yes. on. Well, and that's, that's the thing is you're continuing to learn your craft and becoming excellent yes. at your craft. Just like any, you know, I, I think about this all the time that, Writers are very much like athletes. You have to constantly be perfecting your craft. You can't mm-hmm. just say, oh, I've learned everything and I'm done <laughs> and continue and that's writing. That's impossible. <laughs> right. Because, you, yeah, it's impossible. But I, 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 I'm with you with going to writers conferences. They are key to connections with, A, with other writers, but even with agents, because it's also good to get to know a lot of agents. You may never use them, but to hear what they have to say about working with yes. them, about your project. Um, what I've done, because I've got a novel that I'm still working on, but I've got plans next year to finish it, 
is I've gone to agents and just said, hey, here's my novel idea. This is what I'm talking about doing. Is that something you'd be interested in? What do you think about that idea? And they've given me the great feedback because it's helped me understand mm-hmm. what they are looking for. You, I mean, you've got to write the book that you need to write, but you've also got to make sure it's something that an agent and a publisher is going to want to read and to publish. Because if you don't, if you're just off there, I know everything and I'm going to write whatever I want and somebody's <laughs> going to publish it, keep dreaming. <laughs> they won't. That's the, that's they've made it clear that's not going to happen. Yeah, they um, won't, and that's why it's important to get to know what you know. What are the trends right now? And not that everything mm-hmm. has to be on trend, but it needs to be what they're looking for. And if they're not looking for exactly. it, sometimes they look for things at certain times. You know, if they have you know, like as far as novels go, if they've got a bunch of romance novels, but they don't have that many suspense. They're not going to publish another romance novel, they're going to be looking for suspense novels. And Mm -hmm. so you've got to know the right time. And that's where agents will guide you. Hey, this publisher is looking for this. This publisher is looking for that. We can try here. We can try there. And you can, that's why you need an agent and why you need to make those connections with them. And I've, I'm with you. I've loved every conference that I've gone to and even if you're terrified, and I've been seeing people there that are just absolutely terrified. They're there, <laughs> but they're terrified because, you know, they're like, they're like you. I don't know if you were terrified for your first one because you're an introvert. Absolutely. And there's a bunch of people that you don't know. Here's the mm-hmm. great thing. You have something in common, writing already. Just talk, start talking about their book. Hey, are you writing something? What are you working on? And you got a conversation going, you know, that's the lovely thing about that is everybody's got that connection that they're working on something. And so you get to yes. talk with all the writing weirdos together because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think writers are weirdos, you know? So I love that. And you find your tribe. Yeah, I, exactly. I found my tribe. Yeah, exactly. And I've, you know, I've done that too, is there's people that, you know, I really resonate with, and they resonate with me and we support each other and help each other out. And we may not talk to each other hardly all year long. And we see each other at the conference. It's like, Hey, my long lost friend you know? <laughs> and, and have fun. And so, and you need that on the writing journey. And that's part of why we've created the writing club and the write my book Boot Camp is to support writers on that writing journey all year long, but you, you can never get, too many, too much education on writing. You know, it just, it always helped. I love that. Well, tell us a little bit about your writing time. Do you have a consistent time you write? Do you write daily? What are some things that work for you and don't work for you? And if you can't tell, he's laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as far as consistency, no, I do not have a consistent time that I write. I prefer to write early in the morning. But then I have a job thing that kind of gets in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my most productive time is it could be 3.30 in the morning to, to 5.30 in the morning or 6. Um, I'll wake up in the middle of the, in the night and I'll have some of my clearest thoughts. Mm-hmm. And immediately I either write them down or I'll turn on my phone and hit the video part and just record myself talking yeah. and fall back asleep. But it's amazing how much content you can get like that. I've knocked out pages to half asleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but as opposed to waiting until the late afternoon or at nighttime when 
when the day is done and sitting down at 9.30 or 10.30 at night trying to squeeze blood out of a turnip um, <laughs> and maybe get 300 words. So right. for me, it's most effective if my mind is clear. Mm-hmm. If I've been working too hard, I have to get away. I mm-hmm. like to take lots of vacations um, and get my mind completely off of work, completely off of writing. But when I get back after a couple of days, it's, I mean, there's just a treasure trove coming out. It just flows. Yeah. Well, and your, your mind and your body need that. You need that break Mm -hmm. sometimes to give you chance to process the thoughts, especially with what you're writing as something very deep and spiritual that you need to have that clarity and make sure that you're writing what is appropriate, writing the path you want to write. Um, I yes. like that, that, that you keep that clarity. Uh, now, so I, and I, I think you answered the question I was thinking. So 3.30 in the morning, are you staying up till 3.30 or you're getting up at 3.30? No, 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 no. I wake <laughs> up in the middle of the night. I will, I will pray about something specific or um, something that might be on my mind. And, mm-hmm. and it just, it's just there. Uh, yeah. I, can't, I can't explain it any other way. It's just there. Right. I have things... So I also like to do word sprints. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I also like to do word sprints. Mm -hmm. Uh, I may do about 10 minutes at a time if I'm stuck on a topic and just to write everything I can think about. Because keep in mind, I've studied this for decades, literally 20 years or more. And there is so much information I've forgotten that Mm -hmm. some needs to go back in. And if I'm doing the word sprints, some of that will come back up and I can recall and I can, I can remember where to go back and find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing really gets lost. Um, a lot of it was just trial and error. It's practice. So you're, you're fine tuning your craft. You're, you're rehashing the words. It's almost like a block in a stream. You know, mm-hmm. if you leave that block in the stream long enough, you're going to have to round it off smooth edges. And a lot of my writing is like that. I've rewritten so many things so many times, mm-hmm. um, but now it's finally coming together. I've got a system in place um, where I'm going to start my book using the right plan. Um, I love the way you, you outlined this and focused our, our sentences together so that every chapter mm-hmm. um, you've got a focus sentence for that chapter, but it also, you can tie it into the rest of the book. Right. And I think I've got a really good grasp on my message now and how to get to where I'm going. The big holdup for me was what am I going to do with this knowledge? If I'm writing a book, I don't want it to be just an information dump. Right. Yes. There's a lot of really fascinating content to be honest with you, but what difference does it make at the end of the day, if you're not going to do anything with it and it's right. not going to change you. So the message is, is how is this book going to change you? Um, and that starts from the very beginning chapter and mm-hmm. leads you towards the end. So there's a lot of what we call thought reversals going on in there. Um, my topic is dealing with ethical issues in the world today. Um, and a lot of it's based upon the conversations I have in classes with my students. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of what my Christian students are saying does not align with what the Bible says, um, mm. even on very basic things like population, um, you know, where God's very clear that he says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and use it. Uh, my students will are pretty adamant that we're overpopulated and depleting the world's resources. 
So I have to, to pull this out. I can't really do it in class, right? but I can do it in my book right? and say, well, what does God say about this? You know, right. do, you, do you believe God says, or do you believe God is correct and that he doesn't lie, that he's, you know, an authoritative figure or not? Because here's what he says. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's important. I love that how you're taking what you, the conversations you're having in your classroom and putting them in a book where you can pull it apart more and be more yes. open about what you're doing. Cause you do teach it as a public college, correct? It is. So I've got a mixture of students, uh, Christians and secular students, um, atheists, different religions. I mean, it's, I've got people that would never darken the doors of a church coming to my class. But when they hear the content and the way I present it, they want to know more. They've begged me to write this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say beg, but I have, I've had them say, Hey, Mr. Carter, you need to, you've got to get this message out. You don't need to be teaching here. You need to be somewhere else. Um, so you have enough people tell you that it's, it's time to write the book. Yeah. And I believe so. there's some people in write my book that said the same thing <laughs> in our group. <laughs> So, well, what words of advice or encouragement do you have for writers who maybe they're struggling to write their book or get things organized? What do you, what do you have to help them? Please get professional help. I mean, you might spin your wheels like I did for 20 years, or you could just go get the professional help and, and save yourself a lot of time. Uh, the first conference I went to, um, I was told it's going to take you three years to get published. And they were pretty blunt about that. And yeah. I said, okay, I mean, you're the professionals. I'll, I'll see what happens. And they were right. It's, it's more than just learning the craft. You've, you've got to build a platform. You've got to show that you've got an audience ready to buy your product. Um, and I think if we get professional help, uh, it'll help us to understand our strengths and weaknesses better. Um, do what you can and, and outsource what you can't. Um, and do it within your means, of course. But uh, I've come to the right coach because I needed some help. I was stuck at some points and I wanted to have a cohesive narrative and I was a little stuck on how to, to string that together. And you guys have really helped me out with that. Um, Again, I I want to emphasize, please go to writers conferences if you can. Um, And if any time an industry professional gives you advice, take it. They can listen to them. Yeah. Listen to them. Um, Definitely. And sometimes they're going to push you out of your comfort zone. If they push you out of your comfort zone, get out of it. Don't fret. Just go because you're on a journey that is going to impact the lives of other people. So don't limit yourself. Become the best version of you that you can be Mm -hmm. because you never know who's watching. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. So Right. Well, on that point, too, you know, getting out of your comfort zone God's going to give you that strength. If you're a Christian and you're following what God wants you to do, he's going to give you that strength and courage to take that next step. But you've got to be obedient. Mm-hmm. You've got to remember, you know, God didn't part the waters of the river until the priests put their feet in the water. And you've got to be able to take that first step. And just like absolutely. And when you do, then, then the, that rising up and that courage of, I have to do this will come in and you won't, won't want to stop. You know, you've got to keep going and like that. So, well, Doug, this has been great. I love having you here. 
And I hope this is giving encouragement to people that are on this writing journey. As you can see, Doug is still in the process, but his success is he's made progress. He's written, he's being obedient, he's doing the thing. And we know before too long, he will be published author. And I know he's going to be hugely successful because he has a very powerful book in his head and his heart, and it's coming out (laughs) eventually and soon. And so uh, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you so much, Joyce, for having me on. And thank you for all that The Right Coach has done for me and and all of your help and encouragement along the way. You're welcome. All right. for joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the writing planner to track your progress. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.